of our nine-part series. We've just been cruising through the fruit of the Spirit. This, this is a, a now, the series called Now Showing because guess what? You become a believer and then guess what? God wants something to show up in your life and what he wants to now show is the fruit of the Spirit. This is the stuff that, you know, that God wants us to just totally turn it loose. So let's go ahead and jump in. We've got a lot to cover today. And um, we're going to look at kindness and goodness today. I've paired those and we've woven those two together this week. Um, let's, this has been our, our jump off thought every week. And if, if you come away with nothing else, nothing else, I want you to come away with this. As God is growing us from the inside out. Remember, we're a move forward kind of people. As God is growing us from the inside out, we will begin to show more and more of his qualities. This fruit of the spirit thing, this, God's not asking something of us that he doesn't produce himself. It's the fruit of the spirit. This, is, it, it, this isn't the, the fruit of us. This is a, his nature, his, himself. The Holy Spirit being alive in us after the rebirth in Christ process and a moment, then it begins to grow out of us. It's his qualities in our lives. And this just wonderfully poetically referred to as the fruit of the spirit. The fruit is something that that should instigate hunger and 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 and, and a desire. And I love it that, you know, that an apple tree doesn't produce apples to drop them on the ground and eat them from its roots. It's not for itself. It's not producing its own food. Its fruit is about something else consuming it and the seed of, of its very, what it's created of, being passed on. That's the whole purpose of this fruit. This was created when in the Garden of Eden that, that there were trees produced and there was seed inside of their fruit. This is something that, that God does in us that we get the benefit of, but it's mainly for others. This is, the, this is the expansion part of what God is doing in our lives and touching other people's lives. So today we're looking at kindness and goodness. And true kindness happens when God's heart for others is shown through our lives. When we're genuinely having the fruit of kindness. This isn't just us having this place of, of pity or, oh, I feel so sorry for you, or any of those kind of things. Jesus was moved with compassion and did kind things. But, but this is when God's heart for others begins to, to, uh, uh, to, to be produced uh, in other people's lives. It is when God really begins to use us. And we, got to, we just got to just live. A group of 27 of us went to the Navajo Reservation in New Mexico and got to see this happen. And, and as we went through, as we were kind of winding up before we loaded up and came back, um, we kind of had a little debriefing and said, you know, what was, what was most impactful? And, um, you know, the teens, their comments were how much they enjoyed seeing the response of the kids and the, uh, the adults and the people that attended the, the VBSs. They loved seeing the progress on these, on these structures that we went and did physical projects and physically blessed um, uh, three different uh, structures, uh, two churches and, a, and this model home that's, that's gonna, kind of the end of the spear for this incredible housing development thing that's going to be happening on the Navajo uh, Reservation. And, um, 
Anyways, but they were, they, were, they were just moved. The kids were moved by what they saw happen in these other young people, these kids' lives. And then as you ask the adults, just adult after adult after adult, they were so moved by watching and seeing these acts of genuine kindness coming out of our teens. I'm telling you, you t- take a group of young people and you don't go to bed till 1 o'clock in the morning and you wake them up at 6 o'clock in the morning and there's no grouse in, there's nobody hiding under their bed and trying to catch a few extra winks. I mean, it was just incredible and just go that hard. I've got a few pictures that I want to show you of some of the stuff that, uh, that, that, uh, that we worked on and got accomplished up there. And, and uh, we're going to see them in a second. There we go. This is uh, one of the church. This is a place called Borrego Pass. And um, there's a church here with a uh, Navajo man named Pastor Roger. And it was this uh, uh, log church with a dirt floor out in the boonies. I mean, we went way, way back. I mean, rough road. You almost needed a four-wheel drive. And so um, uh, our, our trailers were a little worse for wear after going back, uh, back in there. And uh, you can go to the next. Uh, you can go to the next slide. And uh, this here is when uh, we're working on the inside of this structure. It's held up by um, railroad ties, and we put studs in there to in insulation so they can stay warm. Their winters are pretty severe, and um, and then we ended up sheetrocking it. You can go to the next slide, and uh, this is the outside of it. They wanted to keep that rustic feel. And um, they, these people just assembled this building out of scrap. That's why it's out of this, this uh, siding that still has the bark on the outside of it, the dirt floor, railroad ties, again, just stuff they've been able to assemble. But these, these little worms would get up between uh, the, uh, uh, the bark. Thank you. And I get up between the bark and it's to eat away the siding. So they were worked for hours debarking this building so that we could preserve it and then put a coating on it. You can go to the next slide. And uh, this is them with our cool rules with doing VBS inside of another church over at a village called Haystack. And uh, just their their heart, the kindness that was poured out. Every place that we went, they were like, please, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? It was just so awesome to see God just connect with uh with these people that um you can go to the next one that was what that meant and uh the uh this is the outside of the the church uh there in borrego pass that we were that we were at uh you can go to the next one and uh this is the model home uh, remember i shared with y'all last week that uh the uh poverty rate is just tremendous there and um you look up the stats and um San Angelo is three and a half to four times more prosperous of a community than, uh, than uh, this area around Smith Lake. The average house, household income is $11,000 a year, not even $1,000 a month. And um, there are n- numerous families that are technically homeless because you have multiple families all living in one, one little trailer or uh, a hogan, which is a one-room thing. And um, remember, I shared with you all just the, the tragedy of the fact that for 40 years they weren't able to build. And they, that, was, that law was repealed, and now they're able to build. And this was a model home that, that they were building. The uh, Navajo chiefs were going to be touring this at the end of this month. And if they approve it, 
then there's going to be $3.9 million released to this ministry to help build 400 of these homes out all on the reservation. They don't have wheels on them. You can't drag them away. It's an actual, real, site-built home. And uh, to be able to bless these people. And our teens just worked so hard. It was beautiful to see this heart of God being expressed that god wants to break the back of poverty in this area that god wants us <clears throat> wants the these people to be blessed and know that they are loved Is, are there any pictures are we at the end and so uh that's us re-roofing uh, we're back at little water where we were last year and finishing the roof up and uh that may be the end and then there's uh our vbs at uh, little water and uh, uh i tell you what it is so cool um because there were a bunch of these teens that just like at the last minute we decided that we wanted to do VBS in two locations. Well, we didn't have two teams prepared. So we had to call on these teens to step up. And in that picture, uh, Sierra Babish is leading worship. She'd never led worship before. And so she's up there. I was like, I need a worship leader. She stepped up and did it. Uh, um, another uh, person that was, did not want to MC. I asked them to MC at the other location. They stepped up and did an incredible job. There were people who spoke and, and brought the word of God for the first time in their lives. Knees knocking and, and just doing it anyways. And it was the heart of God uh, just being expressed. It was an, a beautiful thing. And I want to thank you all as a church for supporting us and being able to do that. It really is incredible that a church our size, that a team of 27 people loaded up and, and went out there. It was, it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, but this, this concept of kindness, I wanted to show you these things because this was, these were, these were hands-on. These were personally sharing with the Word of God with our mouths. This was personally going in and doing stuff. And the principal meaning of this word kindness is usefulness. You know what? You, you, you are not kind if it doesn't express itself in some form of use. You know, it's got to be useful. Something has to be put on the ground. Something has to be engaged. Something has to happen for there to be true kindness expressed a smile is an act of kindness but that is something that is expressed it's something that is engaged in it's something that is useful it's also this concept of moral excellence or gentleness or goodness and that's why it ties in kindness and goodness roll together kindness is this this physical act of god's heart being expressed we see that jesus was moved with compassion there's this kindness and he fed people or he healed people or he did these different things tangible things to impact people's lives that, that was the kind the fruit of kindness being expressed its root word means fit for use folks we are in the kingdom of god we're only really fit for use when we come from this place of kindness you know this that's why the uh, that the the old school hateful guy on the corner, you know, wanting to get people saved. I believe it was a genuine heart. He wanted to see people enter into the kingdom. But man, just this this hateful, you're going to hell. God hates you. All of this junk. That that's that's not. And you're not fit for use from that mode. It's not that we sometimes don't have to deliver a tough message, but it has to be from this place 
of kindness. That's when we're fit for use. There's this, it's, there's this mild or pleasantness or uh, <clears throat> more pleasant. And it's a, of, of being benevolent towards people. That is this heart of kindness. And people, people desire it. People are drawn to it. That's this fruit that is, that is enticing. There's the story of uh, uh, Mammy Adams who uh, would go into the branch office of her, uh, of the, her local post office. And um, sadly... Um, we've got a wonderful postal worker here and he does not fit the, the norm. But sadly, the, the concept of going to the post office does not say, oh, I'm going to deal with the most pleasant, sweet people. Well, that's just not the stereotype. But the, that was just broken in this local post office. They, this post office was manned by people who genuinely cared. And Mammy Adams would go in and she was there the day before Christmas and the line was out the door. The line was out the door, and she's standing in line to buy her stamps. And somebody comes up and pats her on the shoulder. One of the, one of the people and said, you know what? You know, you can buy your, your stamps over here. There's a little machine that here that'll, you know, you stick your money in, and it'll just spit your stamps out. And uh, Mammy replies, yeah, but uh, they won't, that machine won't ask me about my arthritis. And... Uh, you know, the people have this desire. They're willing to, to wait and, and go when they know somebody cares. When somebody cares, it makes all the difference in the world. We ought to be a people who care, that people realize it and see it and that it's tangible. We see in Romans 2, 4, says, uh, or do you show contempt? For the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience. Not realizing that God's kindness leads you towards repentance. It's not God's breathing fire down your back of your neck. It's God's love. It's his kindness. It's that he so loved the world that he gave his son. It's his kindness that leads people towards repentance. And this is the beautiful thing. It is incredible. Folks, it is an incredible miracle that God did something for us through Jesus. But you know what is just as amazing? Is that God wants to do, that God did something on our behalf. But God wants to do something through us, through the Holy Spirit. It's it's an incredible thing to be the recipient of the grace of God. It is an incredible thing to be a tool for the grace of God to be expressed. Isn't that phenomenal that God doesn't just and take us and win us and set us over here in the, the reclaimed pile and go, all right, gotcha, and come over here. He brings us and makes us fit for use and makes us useful through this fruit of kindness. It is absolutely phenomenal. See, this, uh, this, this Greek word, krestos, is tied to its Hebrew counterpart, and we'll see it where it's used here in Romans 3.12. It says, all have turned away, and they together have become worthless. There is no one good, not even one. That's that same uh, word um, for, uh, for, the, for kindness. It's that same Greek word that was used here, but here it's translated good. This uh, is the, translates and connects with the Hebrew word tob, which is uh, an adjective meaning good in the widest sense. And this is the Garden of Eden kind of good. When God created and called it good, 
The Hebrew word that's used there is this tobe. That tobe. This concept when kindness is expressed through our hearts, we are bringing God's original heart into existence in that moment. We're skipping over the fall. We're going back to God's perfection of the garden and we're bringing some of that in that moment. And that is what draws people to repentance. This glimpse of what life should it be like all the time that there is this good God that really does care, that really does care. I had a a voicemail on my phone from a lady that uh, um, I've had the privilege of getting to minister to and uh, had a real tragedy in in her life and uh, left left me a a voicemail and um, is is now to the place that uh, she believes that uh, that, uh, a... uh, an all-powerful being exists, um, but says, you know, I'm, I'm convinced it forgot about us. And, um, and so, and this is a woman who is needing some incredible expressions of the kindness of God being brought into her life. Guess what? Hellfire and brimstone ain't bringing that lady. She needs the expression of the kindness of God. This thing that reminds us that God created us in a place of, that is good. That he, when he made us, he called us good. Not a pack of sinners that needed to be saved from day one. Yes, we sinned. But when he created humanity day one, he called us Tobe. Very Tobe. Oh, I'm telling you, this is this restorative work that kindness does. See, <clears throat> uh, this, is the creation of, uh, this is the creation, the Garden of Eden. All is perfect kind of good. This fruit is about the things that represent heaven and God's original design. And uh, there's the, uh, the story of the great uh, author, the guy who uh, uh, wrote the, the book, uh, The Painted Veil and uh, Human Bondage. His name is Somerset <coughs> Morgan. And uh, his mother was this incredibly beautiful woman, just, just stunning, beautiful woman. And his father was a noticeably unhandsome man. I mean, not just an, not just an average, plain-looking guy. He was a, you know, you're like, wow, that, that guy's unhandsome. <laughs> He's not, you may even go to the place where you would use the harsh word ugly. And, uh, but he was, he was not handsome. And so here is this, this incredibly unattractive man married to this, supermodel type woman and uh so and finally somebody in their a family friend was just intrigued by it you know there's just one of those matches that don't happen you know you you meet her first and you have this idea of mr debonair and gq is going to be walking in on her arm and then you know when you meet her husband he's not that guy and uh they're like what the heck how did this how did this take place and her response was He's never once hurt my feelings. Never once hurt my feelings. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, I'm a little bit attractive. <laughs> I've hurt my wife's feelings. And she's good looking. She's stuck out with me. So uh, there must be something there than my pure kindness. It's keeping this marriage together. And... Uh, 
Uh, but I tell you what, it's that, 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 that sweetness, that kindness, it is attractive on this whole other level. It is that thing that God uses. When God is wanting to woo humanity to, to Him, it is kindness that He used. No wonder it's something that we genuinely find attractive even in each other. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Titus 3 says, At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. My gosh, this sounds like a typical day away from God. And then, when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared. The kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared. He saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2 verse 7 says, In order that the coming age, in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Folks, as we, God meets us, and a lot of times, man, we're some unkind, hard-headed boogerheads. You know? And there, I'm telling you, there are some mean Christians. There are some mean people going to heaven. And uh, it's just the truth. And, uh, but you know what? As we stay hooked up and we have this move move forward mentality the love of god his kindness will make us more kind and uh, i tell you what ought what ought to be noticeably different if somebody comes meets us and comes back 10 years from now if we are staying hooked up and tender before god they ought to notice a more kind and loving individual even if we already were, we, it, it just you just to the next level, and this is where we pull in this goodness. Because remember, this is this was good things being expressed. Well, goodness, you're like, well, this is redundant. Kindness and goodness, they're the same thing. Nope, 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 nope. This kindness is on this fruit on the outside. Goodness is this thing that only you know about. Only you know is truly there. It is this inside fruit. This Greek word I cannot say. Um, means goodness. And uh, that is the, uh, it is virtue or beneficence. It is uprightness of heart and life. It is this thing that's growing on the inside. And it is expressed in this beautiful way. See, um, Jesus, whenever he is approaching Nathaniel, he nails this concept of goodness in Nathaniel. He says, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and said, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. And we don't use that word a whole lot. We don't see guile a whole lot. So let's look how maybe another translation says it. Um, the message says, When Jesus saw him coming, he said, There's an Israelite, not a false bone in his body. You know, we've all met those folks where you know that they'll say the right things, but there's just this, uh, I just, there's just something ingenuine. You know, the right things being said, so many of the right things are being done, but there's just this taint 
can't put your finger on it. You can't say, ooh, you did that wrong. But there's just something underlying that's making this thing that's coming out just have a sour taste. It's when it's not genuine. It's when it's not growing out of this place of goodness. See, the fruit of goodness is when our motives are pure. Is when we, our motives in doing this thing are pure. Proverbs 23, 6 through 8 says, Do not eat the food, the food of a stingy man or a miser, the, the King James says. Do not crave his delicacies. For he is the kind of man who's always thinking about the cost. Eat and drink, he says to you. He's telling you, go ahead. Take what I've got. Eat and drink it. But his heart is not with you. You will vomit up the little you have eaten and will have wasted your compliments. He is going to extract it back from you. There is a hook attached to this thing. He's being kind, but there's a hook attached to it. He's baiting you in. We are motives are pure. Just because somebody's acting, doing the right thing on the outside doesn't mean that it is a truly kind and beneficent act. <clears throat> Romans 15, 14 says, I myself am convinced, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness. He's convinced that you're full of goodness. It's something he just has to know. <clears throat> Complete in knowledge and competent to instruct one another. 2 Thessalonians 1.11 says, With this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may count you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. This good purpose, this thing in your heart that is pure in and of itself. You know, I would love to say, you know, and, and Paul, Paul's cool about it. Paul's like, you know what? There's some people who preached Christ out of selfish ambition. And I'm just glad Christ is being preached. Because, man, guess what? God uses it. People put the word out there and God uses it, you know. But ultimately, ministry and all of those things, for it to be as genuine as possible, the motives have to be pure. It's got to come from this place of goodness. Psalms. Oh, wait, where am I? Did I read? I didn't read that other part. Thank you. Actually, where am I? I lost my place. Thank you. Somebody's paying attention when I'm not. I'm so thankful. Second Thessalonians 1.11 says, With this in mind. Well, I already read that. We're going to read, Thank you. I've got a couple other translations of this I want to read. I want to read you the, the uh, contemporary English version. It says, God chose you. And we keep praying that God will make you worthy of being his people. We pray for God's power to help you do all the good things that you hope to do. And that your faith makes you want to do. And I like the way the message translation brings this in. It says, because we know that this <clears throat> extraordinary day is just ahead, we pray for you all the time. Pray that our God will make you fit for what he's called you to be. Pray that he'll fill <clears throat> your good ideas and acts of faith with his own energy so that it all amounts to something. See, there is this thing on the inside, this place of motives, these, where these dreams and, and, and these uh, concepts and these ambitions can come out and be rooted in this place 
of goodness. That is what God, that is this fruit of goodness. It is this, these things rolling around on the inside. Maybe things haven't been expressed yet on the outside, but they're rolling around on the inside. It is a beautiful and wonderful thing. You need to embrace that. You need to allow God to grow those, those visions and those dreams on the inside of you. Say, well, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I don't have this. I'm not there. Nah, nah, nah. Hush, hush, hush. Let the Holy Spirit take you down that journey. Let the Holy Spirit get your juices flowing on what could be. Let those good ideas and that goodness begin to grow on the inside of you. Do not squelch it. Do not. If it's something of God, God will see that it comes to pass. See, in the NIV, the word goodness is used in the Old Testament, but only, only, only in connection with God. This is something that's rooted in God. And we see this, Exodus 33, 19. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I'll proclaim my, <clears throat> I'll proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Psalms 23, 6 says, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalms 27, 13 says, I am still confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God's goodness. That is something, folks, we ought to be confident of, that we're going to see God's goodness. That thing that he's growing on the inside of, that it will be expressed someday. It's not just, oh, we're going to see that in heaven. No, God wants to express his goodness here in the land of the living. The fruit of the Spirit is the ultimate fulfillment of on earth as it is in heaven. Let's choose to allow heaven's kindness and goodness to genuinely, truly be expressed in our lives. It only, only comes by the Holy Spirit.